Well, Leslie, Americans love remodeling home sweet home. Do you know it's a $150 billion a year industry? But are you remodeling to pump up your resale price or to settle in for the long term? Well, before you shell out several thousand bucks, plan accordingly. Read our guidelines for making your remodeling project pay off when you hit MoneyPit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. Coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you in the new year with your home improvement project. So help yourself first. Pick up the phone and call us at 1 888 Money Pit, 888 666 39. Seven four. Now, if it's a project you plan to do yourself, we can help. And if it's a project that you plan to hire out, well, we can help you with that too. Just give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. Maybe it's decor dilemma that you're challenged by. You can't pick the perfect paint color. Whatever's on your to-do list, let's move it over to ours at 888-MONEY-PIT. Coming up this hour on the program, if you wanted to buy a new TV and you're looking for a good excuse, well, it's Super Bowl season. <laughs> Now, that works for the guys, but I guess it's sort of Academy Awards season as well. That works for the girls. <laughs> That's a good twist, Tom. <laughs> right. But before you can gather around the new set, you need to make sure that you're going to secure it to the wall properly. We've got some great tips for choosing the right mounting bracket because nothing puts the brakes on a game like a TV crashing down off that wall. <laughs> that is true. All right, guys. Also ahead, if your home has damaged hardwood flooring, should you repair it or should you refinish it or just replace the whole darn thing? We're going to give you some advice on how you make that decision in just a few minutes. And are your closets stuffed to the brim? It's time to take on a chore that most homeowners put off as long as they can, closet organization. We're going to give you some step-by-step simple tips that can help make this job a little less overwhelming. Geez, Tom, quit spying on my house just because my closet <laughs> doors are bursting at the seams. <laughs> All right, guys, this hour, we've got a great prize up for grabs. We're giving away a liquid nails prize pack worth $50 so that you can glue your closet door shut so that nothing bursts out of it. (laughs) No, but seriously, guys, liquid nails, it's a great prize pack. It's worth $50, and one winner is going to get a case of heavy-duty construction adhesive. So give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's first? Todd in Louisiana wants to work on a wood flooring project. How can we help you today? Uh, yes, I was uh, I was listening to your station the other day, and somebody had called in and stated that they had put in some wood flooring, and uh, they had put it in at the time, well, let's put it this way. They had a contractor put it in, and it was done during a time of the year where the gentleman had left uh, a little gap for swelling, and then when the other season came on by, instead of swelling, it contracted. So the gaps that he left were even larger. So I'm trying to see at what point in time of the year... Um, is the wood going to be um, already contracted so I know how to uh, to adjust for this? Well, in Louisiana, you don't have the temperature swing that we might have 
to deal with, for example, in the north, which is a, a bigger issue. Um, okay. So you're, I don't think it's going to make a difference in your particular part of the country. But generally speaking, uh, wood's going to shrink in the winter and, and swell in the summer. High humidity okay. is going to cause the, everything in your house to swell. And that's where doors start to stick and, 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 and that sort of thing. But the rule okay. of thumb here is that if you're going to put down, put in hardwood floors, you want to put that material in the house and let it acclimate there for uh, for a few days You know, before you okay. actually start the installation. You don't want to take it from one climate, bring it into the indoor climate, start banging it in right away. You do want to okay. let it acclimate a little bit for a little bit of time so i don't think it's as much of a concern for you in louisiana for those reasons okay hey i appreciate it you're welcome todd good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit sharani in colorado's on the line has a question about mold what can we do for you today the pipes have broken inside the walls and we fixed the pipes and everything now we got this problem with mildew and the mold so we have we want to know what's the best way to treat it yeah you know first of all when that happened did you uh, file a claim with your homeowner's insurance company no we just got the house we got it as is so we're fixing oh. it before we move oh. in oh okay got it got it got it okay well is it a lot of mold or is it a little bit of mold? A lot. We're ripping out drywall, and as we rip it out, we're finding more. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, this is generally not a do-it-yourself project because when you have a lot of mold, you can contaminate parts of the house with this. I really think this is the kind of thing that you want to stop and get some professional help with, Sharani, because if you release all those mold spores into the air, you potentially could be causing a bigger problem. I mean, generally... When you have that that much mold, you say a lot of mold, you have to be careful about how you take that apart. What you generally do is you depressurize the house, you put fans in the house so that it pulls uh, the air out as you're breaking out that the drywall and so on, and flushes all of those mold spores to the outside, and then all of the framing gets sprayed down so that you kill anything that's left behind, you get it good and dry, and then you re-insulate and re-drywall. But it's a pretty big job, and when you have a lot of mold like that, you can be exposing yourself to that mold, and that could make you sick. So I would say to proceed very cautiously when you're trying to rebuild a house that's got heavy mold damage. It's uh, it's not an easy problem to resolve. Okay. So good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. We are here to give your hand with all of your January home improvement resolutions. What are you working on? We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Still to come, are you thinking about buying a new TV for the new year? Well, you better make sure you know how to hang it. We'll have tips on choosing the right mounting bracket next. You live in a money pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. 
Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. If you could have cleaners that were safe, green, and actually work, wouldn't it be great to save money with them too? Shackley's concentrated products save you money ounce for ounce. Shop Shackley Get Clean products today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. That's GreenMyMoneyPit.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by for your calls at 888-MONEY-PIT. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project. We'll give you the answer to your question and a chance to win a great prize giving away this hour, a case of Liquid Nails Extreme Heavy Duty Construction Adhesive. Yeah, you know, Liquid Nails performs in extreme conditions, so you can actually use it in temperatures from 22 degrees up to 120 degrees Fahrenheit, so no matter where you live in this country, no matter what kind of odd weather situation you've got going on for this time of year, you will get bonding from Liquid Nails. And the prize pack includes a case of adhesive, a t-shirt, a cooler, and a level. It's worth 50 bucks going out to one caller to one eight 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 money pit Check it out now at liquidnails.com and give us a call with your home improvement question at 888-666-3974. Now we've got Joe in Michigan who's dealing with a gutter issue. Tell us what's going on. Hey, this this roof I need some help with. Uh, I bought the house about eight years ago. It's got a good roof on it, but but it appears that they tried to save some money and have somebody do it. And what the problem is is the shingles don't come out far enough from the top of the roof to get into the gutters. And there's a metal strip that goes along right at the bottom edge of the of the roof, 
And from what I see, it almost looks as though it's turned around backwards, as though if it was put in properly, it would extend out further to help get the water towards the gutters or into the gutters. Hmm, okay. So what the mess I've got now is I've got all this water that's, that's hitting some spots in the gutter properly and others not, and I've tried to push the gutters and tap the gutters back up as far against the fascia as I can, and I'm still getting water through there, and it's frustrating. Well, the metal strip is throwing me a little bit. Now, typically, um, at the edge of the fascia, you'd have something called a drip edge, which is sort of like a, a right-angle piece of trim that goes over the front of the fascia and up under the roof, and it's at a 90-degree angle. Is that kind of what you're seeing or not? I, I had them install some aluminum over the fascia board, um, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. It's, it's, it is a channel of sorts, but it's, it's right on the top the lip of the roof. If I'm explaining this right, you know, where, where they first start putting the, the shingles on and then they start moving up forward? It's like right, right at that edge, there's, a, there's metal. Are the shingles resting on top of the metal? Yes. Regardless, the solution here is the same. What you need to do is to extend those roof shingles into the gutter. So because there's not a magic potion that will do that, the way to fix this is to get a flat bar. And that's a very uh, thin pry bar. And you're lifting up the edges of those shingles at the bottom of the roof edge. And you're going to slip underneath some flashing. And the flashing that you would use is probably just aluminum roll flashing, maybe 6-inch or 8-inch wide flashing. And the easiest way to do this is in small pieces because it becomes too hard to handle when you have a long piece. And you run the flashing up under the roof shingles, and you make sure it extends past the roof shingles and lays into the top of the gutters. So essentially what you're doing is creating a bridge to make up the distance between where the shingle ended and where it really should have ended, which is at the edge of the gutter. And this way, when the water comes down the roof, it will drop from the shingle to the flashing to the gutter. Does that make sense? Absolutely, and that that sounds like uh, something I can do. So I appreciate you, and we'll give that a shot. Yeah, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Sandra in North Carolina is on the line. How can we help you today? We're trying to decide which quality of filter to use for our furnace filter switch out should we use the ones that are cheaper like the four for two dollars or should we use the hepa filter quality ones that are like twenty dollars for your furnace filters when you change them out well with filters you're definitely getting what you pay for and it really depends on what the situations are with everybody in your house now the less expensive a filter you know the thinner that membrane is going to be and of course the wider that webbing is if you will so it's really not going to stop very much you know tom and i always joke that they're called pebble stoppers because that's really the only (laughs) thing that's not getting through there exactly so it, it really depends you know the less money you spend the less things that are getting trapped if you've got somebody with allergens in the house, you want to spend a little bit more money because you're definitely going to get what you pay for. Okay, so I need to go to a quality filter because I have a lot of allergies. And the people that that built the house they had to go with the cheaper filter so you can let air circulate. Yeah, well, look, a good quality filter does not block the air, whether it's, uh, you know, one that's designed for better filtration or one that's designed for lesser filtration. None of these things block the air. So if you have allergy issues, you have asthma issues, you definitely want to use a good quality filter. And if you want the ultimate infiltration, what you might want to think about doing at some point is installing an electronic air cleaner. This is a device that's built into the HVAC system right near the furnace generally. And these are incredibly efficient at taking out, you know, 95% plus of the contaminants that are in the air. I mean, these electronic air cleaners today can take out microscopic sized particles. 
Okay. Well, I really appreciate your information. You've been very helpful. Well, this is a big time of year for TV watching. It's award season, and the Super Bowl is not far off either. So it's a great time to pick up a new flat-screen TV. And if you're going to do that, you want to make sure that you secure that TV properly to your wall. Yeah, the first thing you need to know is that most flat-screen TVs come with a base rather than a wall-mounting unit. So you're going to have to purchase that wall bracket separately. So to find one that fits, you want to check your owner's manual for the phrase VESA-compatible. Now, VESA is the Video Electronics Standards Association, and it sets the standards for flat-screen TV mounting brackets. That's right. And the VESA number, that's V-E-S-A number, will be in the manual, or it could be on the TV itself. And the number makes shopping for the flat-screen TV mounting bracket really easy, because all you need to do is purchase a bracket with the VESA number that matches your TV. Next, you want to check the bracket's weight limit to make sure the bracket's going to safely support the weight of that flat screen television. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is you need to decide what type of mount you're going to want. So you can get a flat one, you can get one that tilts, you can even get one that articulates. So it's really up to how you want to view it and where your TV is being placed because the flat wall mounts are most common and they simply hang the TV flat against the wall just like a picture. Now, a tilting mount will allow your TV to tilt up or down and an articulating flat screen TV mount, they're no holds barred. I mean, you can really move that TV pretty much any direction you like. So no matter where you are in the room, you'll be able to see it. And last, make sure you keep your TV at a comfortable height for viewing when you're sitting down and make sure there's also plenty of outlets nearby because remember, you're going to have to plug in cable boxes and DVRs and so on. So you want to make sure you've got the outlets to support that. And here's one final tip. When you get around to attaching that bracket to your TV, don't use a powered screwdriver. Why? Because you might just strip those screws and that could ruin not just the bracket, but your TV as well. Always attach those brackets with a manual screwdriver. If you'd like more tips on how and where to hang your new flat screen TV, check out how to hang a flat screen at moneypit.com. Roy in Illinois is on the line and there seems to be a crack in the front of the garage. What is going on? Are you getting water in the garage? Is it on the door? What's going on here? When the house was built about 21 years ago, they brought in a cement saw and they cut marks in it to control the cracking. Okay. Well, the the first cut is four feet from the garage door. Well, now that part next to the garage has settled down, so when it rains, the water runs towards the garage, which is making it worse. Ah, and okay. I saw a commercial on TV for this mudjacking outfit, and they say for a little more than half what it costs to replace the cement, they could jack it back up in place. But you'll see the marks where they drill the holes to put the cement in, and will it last? Should we do the whole driveway over, or is there some way we can do something to make it look good and last? It's a beautiful place. We have no problems with anything, except you drive in the driveway and you see that. Yeah, so when you get close to the driveway, that last slab, so to speak, tilts in towards the garage, and it's one running water up against the house. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and that's going to could affect the foundation that's holding the garage up because you throw a lot of water under it, it becomes uh, less stable and you get a lot more movement. So I do think it's a, it's an important thing to fix. Um, mud jacking will work and uh, it can replace that area as long as they can lift that slab nice and even so it doesn't crack and become worse. I would just try to get their guarantee that, that they're not going to crack the slab in the process. But if they can get the, the mud underneath it, they're basically filling in the low spots, bringing that slab up and then it's not going to collapse anymore because the concrete they put under it, the mud, so to speak, takes up that void. So I wouldn't be afraid of doing that. And if it turns out that that's less expensive than breaking that one piece out and just pouring that one piece new, 
then I think you can do that. Um, if you decide to break that out, I don't think you have to do the whole driveway. You can just do that one piece and make sure the the uh, soil below is properly tamped. You're going to have to replace that with fill dirt and stone and get it tamped down. Tamping is really key, so it's really solid. What's happened is water's gotten over there every, over the years. It's softened the soil, and that's what's caused that slab to to sort of rotate with the car going back and forth. So I think either option's okay. It becomes an economic choice. My only concern is that you commit to spending money on mud jacking, then end up breaking the slab, and then you're kind of almost back to the beginning. Okay, sounds great. Sounds like you got the answers. Yeah, well, we tried. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. James in Minnesota, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I bought a house about a year ago, and I don't know how old the water heater is because it was a foreclosure. And I had gone downstairs and took the cover off and turned up a little bit to try to get a little more hot water out of it temperature-wise. And I noticed on the inside that it seems wet, like the uh, fiberglass insulation on the tank. So I was wondering if that means, like, the tank is going bad or do I need to start saving money to buy a new water heater? The water heater's in your basement? Yeah, it's in my basement, correct. You know, sometimes you get a little condensation inside of that. Uh, does your water stay hot or does you does it seem to run out quickly? No, it stays hot for a while. It's just not as hot as I like it. So I, I just went down to dial it up a little and I saw it was wet inside. And I don't see anything leaking from the bottom. Okay, well, generally when water heaters leak, everybody knows it, okay? It's not, it's yeah. not subtle. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, Good. so I doubt it's, a, I doubt it's, it's leaking um, badly right now. You may have a bit of condensation in there. Uh, however, what you want to keep in mind with electric water heaters is that, first of all, they're very expensive to run. And so it's a good idea to have a timer on them. Secondly, with an electric water heater, there's two coils, not just one. So on the exterior side of your water heater, you should see two panels, one up high and one down low. And each one of those has its own thermostat. And so in order to adjust the temperature, you have to open both of them up. And with a screwdriver, an insulated screwdriver, you turn it very carefully until it's about 110 degrees on both of them. And okay. with a 40 or 50-gallon water heater, how many bedrooms, I mean, how many bathrooms do you have in the house? Two. So 40-gallon would be smallish, maybe adequate. 50-gallon would definitely be good. Uh, if you're wondering the age of it, on the, uh, on the label, on the water heater, there's generally a date that's either written plainly on that or it's coded into the serial number. So if you look at the serial number, you look at the date, you may see a date on there, and you can figure out how old this is. Okay, great. Thanks so much. You're welcome, James. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still ahead, when it comes to a damaged hardwood floor, should you repair or replace? Well, that's the question we'll help you answer after this. Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. Played the bar, know it all, and cheers. And here's something I really do know about. You're listening to the best home improvement radio show made in America, The Money Pit with Tom Kreitler and Wesley Segretti. On The Money Pit Radio Show. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. 
Money Pit is presented by Leviton, the brand most preferred by builders for wiring devices and lighting controls. With a focus on safety and convenience, Leviton products are the smart solution for all your electrical needs. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, we are just back from the International Builders Show, which is the nation's largest residential housing construction trade event. It's geared towards manufacturers and suppliers of home construction products and services. And we go there because it's a free trip. No, actually, we go there because it's a great place (laughs) to check out the newest innovations in home construction. Yeah, you can follow us for our latest finds on our free trip. (laughs) Seriously, though, if you want to see what's going on at the International Builder Show, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the money pit or our Twitter feed at money pit. Yeah, you know, we go to these trade show events and uh, we tell our spouses how hard we work and we have to leave out the details of all the fun we have along the way, like the chance I had to see the Elton John concert in Las Vegas while I was away. It, it Man, was work, Tom. though. It was, it was work. It was, it was put on by <laughs> you, a very you generous You were working sponsor. up a sweat, waving your hands <laughs> over your head, having a good time at the show. I was. I was. You know, rocking around the clock. It was killing me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Crocodile Rock. Now we're talking to Pauline in New Jersey who needs some help with a countertop. How can we help you today? I have a lot of counters in both bathrooms and the kitchen. And from this, I have backsplashes as well. And where the backsplash and the counter meet, it's coming up white, and it's, it looks like dry paste. And also, what's happened over the last few years, at first I took a little bit off you know, with my nail, but now it's getting really bad, and it's, there are splash marks as though when they put the counter in, they didn't clean off the so whatever they used, and it looks like you splashed something on and it dried up. And I don't want to use anything that isn't right for the granite and ruin it. So I was wondering if you had a suggestion that might be easy for me to use and, you know, get rid of this stuff. How long um, have you had these countertops? When were they first installed? Seven years ago. And they've never been sealed since? No, no. Well, you know, granite tops do take quite a bit of maintenance. People think that they're fairly maintenance-free because they're somewhat indestructive, but they really do need a lot of care and they need to be resealed from time to time. And it sounds to me like the white stuff that you're describing is most likely mineral salts. And what happens is the the countertops, when they lose their seal, they absorb more moisture. Then the moisture evaporates off and it leaves behind the mineral salt deposits that's in the, in the water. And that forms that white sort of crust. It's like a grayish white crust. Now, what are you using to clean them on a daily basis? Generally, just water and a little... They told me to use the uh, Windex. Yeah, you know, you can make a homemade granite cleaner with uh, rubbing alcohol, standard rubbing alcohol, mixed with uh, maybe half a dozen drops of dishwasher detergent. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, hardwood floors add value and visual appeal, so keeping them in shape is a top priority. And if you're not sure whether to repair or replace a weathered hardwood floor, this old house general contractor, Tom Silva, is here with tips on both. Welcome, Tom. Great to see you. Hi, guys. It's always nice to be here. Hardwood floors are pretty darn durable. There's probably few scenarios when you actually have to rip it out, correct? Yeah, they have to be pretty bad to rip it out. A lot of people today, if they're stained or a little beaten up, what they're even doing is they're refinishing because everybody wants the reclaimed wood. Right. So now they're just saying it's a reclaimed floor, and it looks great. So beat up is in. Beat, beat up is in. <laughs> but, if, you know, I mean, lots of times you don't have to replace a whole floor. You okay. can patch it in. I've done a lot of patches around old radiators where the floor... 
it just rots around it from the steam. Mm-hmm. Hardest part about the job was almost taking the radiator out and getting the radiator back in because it's so heavy. Well, let's talk about that for a minute because hardwood floors are tongue and groove. So how do mm-hmm. you sort of excise that one piece of hardwood to get a new piece in? Well, you got to start in the middle and work your way out. So okay. what I like to do is I'll either take a router and I go right down the middle or I take a skill saw and go down the middle, take the center piece out and then work back in to the center and work your way out that way. And there is a wear layer. So above that tongue or above that groove, you have so much material that you can take out before you've destroyed the integrity of that floor system. So you want to make sure that you don't oversand it because once you've destroyed it, then you're going to have to replace it. Now, that's a great point because I think folks that want to refinish floors automatically want to go to the belt sanding step. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's a big machine. And it's an animal. It is an animal. You have to use it very, very carefully. But you don't always have to go there unless you've really got some serious damage in your hardwood. Can't you just buff it out and lightly sand it? I love the buffer with a screening pad. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, keep your eye on your floors, your hardwood floors, especially in the wear areas, like where the kitchen sink is. Keep a little accent map down there because... Believe it or not, you wear that finish just by turning back and forth, going into the dishwasher back and forth. That wears it up. But keep your eye on the finish. If you start to see the finish wearing, get a buffer with a screening pad and screen the floor. Get that top layer off. That'll really clean it down. And then put a couple of coats of poly on it. You'll and get a few more years out of it. No and when problem. you apply that poly, the uh, best way to do that is, is not necessarily with a brush, correct? Oh, yeah. You do a brush, you'll be oh, you'll be aching. I like to just dump it on the floor a little bit, and I spread it around with a lamb's wool pad, and it spreads out really fast. One thing I've learned about refinishing floors, never believe the drying time on the can. Oh, <laughs> that's for <laughs> it sure. It always takes longer. Yeah, and the thing is, is you got to remember something about the finish on the hardwood floor. Although it may feel dry. It's still soft underneath, so you got to be careful for a few days. Yeah, good point. Now, if a major sanding is required for deeper scratches, we talked about the sanding machine. The floor sander is essentially a very, very big, heavy belt sander. Probably not a good idea to do that yourself because that's a piece of equipment that takes a lot of skill, correct? All it takes is one second of you having the floor sander and your son or your daughter or your neighbor coming in and say, hey, John, and you stop on that floor for a second, you've just gone down an eighth of an inch. Yep. And on a hardwood floor, you can't afford to go down an eighth of an inch. So that's a job best left to a pro. Absolutely. Now, what about cleaning hardwood floors? People are reluctant to put any kind of moisture on there. What do you recommend for keeping your floor in good shape? I do like a mop that's not soaked. You know, a damp mop over the floor really quick is not bad because it gets off that little grit that's there. But I don't recommend putting wax on polyurethane floors because it will dull the finish. Years ago when I was a kid, we had varnishes and we used to wax the varnish floors once a year. And it really looked beautiful, but they can be slippery. Good advice. We're talking to Tom Silva, the general contractor on TV's This Old House. And one more question. Let's talk about a common side effect of hardwood floors squeaking hardwood mm-hmm. floors. Yeah. Any easy ways to fix that while we're at it? Squeaky floors, they can squeak for a couple of reasons. They can squeak because the floorboards have shrunk a little bit and they're moving independently and they're moving actually on the nail that is holding them down. They slide up and down or it could be the subfloor and the flooring itself that is attached to one another pulling itself out of the joist, squeaking there also. And they actually have a pretty good system that is a screw that the head snaps off with a little attachment that when you screw through the floor, it snaps the head of the screw off. So the screw sinks down about an eighth of an inch below it. And then you can use a putty stick to fill in that void. 
Oh, that's a cool idea. So basically, you tighten up the loose board, snap right. off the head of the screw, and touch it up with putty. Yeah, and you got to find the joist. So yep. finding the joist, you can try a stud finder, or you can use a real long uh, eighth-inch drill bit and mm-hmm. drill a couple of holes between the joints of the board, and you won't notice the holes. Once you find that joist, mark it, and then measure 16 inches in both directions from that across your room, and you'll find your joist. Great tricks of the trade. Tom Silva from This Old House, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. My pleasure, and always good to see you guys. All right, catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by Lumber Liquidators. Lumber Liquidators, hardwood floors for less. Still to come, if your closets are overflowing but you're feeling overwhelmed at the thought of cleaning them, stay tuned because we've got great tips on closet organization that will help bring this task down to a more manageable level. It's all coming up next. You live in a body pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Now, one caller we talked to on the air today is going to win a Liquid Nails prize pack, including a case of Liquid Nails brand Extreme Heavy Duty Construction Adhesive. And this formula performs in extreme temperatures, and it's Green Guard certified as a low-emitting product. It's a prize pack worth $50. The winner also gets a shirt, a level, and the cooler. Visit liquidnails.com to learn more, and call us right now for your chance to win with your home improvement question at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, closet organization ranks right up there with dental work as something to really look forward to. And it's funny that we should talk about this because you know what I got for Christmas? I broke my tooth. So <laughs> I will be getting a crown in addition to having to organize my closet. So you this is both. a very personal tip right now. Oh, I feel the knife going in deeper. Well, guys, you know, it may seem like an overwhelming task and it is, but with the right steps, you can have a completely organized space. So to get organized to organize yourself, you want to begin with an idea of how you want to use the space and what exactly you want to store inside of it. So is it going to be a storage area, a place you keep your clothes, or a spot to keep the formal or sort of off-season garments? And once you figure that out, take everything out of the closet and toss, donate, or sell what you don't want, need, or use on a regular basis. You know, you can follow the six-month rule. If you haven't used it in six months, you probably don't need it. So think about that and purge away. Yeah, you definitely need to do that, guys, because I always tend to be like, oh, I'm going to wear it, and then I don't wear it. So you really do have to purge that stuff. Now, once you've done that step, it's time to organize your closet and select the components that you'll need to hold your belongings. Now, what you choose and how much you spend will depend on your design priorities and the amount of closet space that you actually have to work with. Remember, though, that a great closet system can be a positive selling point when it comes time to move on. Now, there's a wide variety of closet organization products at home improvement stores, and organizing your closet can really be a fun DIY project that will give you incentive to keep your newly organized space nice and neat. 888-666-3974. If that's a project you're tackling or anything else, give us a call right now. We are here to help. Now we've got Joe in Illinois on the line with a plumbing question. How can we help you today? We just got through uh, renovating the kitchen, or, well, we're almost through with renovating the kitchen. And uh, <laughs> the brass fitting inside the wall, when they uh, 
put everything together, the galvanized nipple was cross-threaded into it. Okay. And so when I went down and, I mean, I, I cleaned out an unbelievable amount of corrosion. I had to use navel jelly to get all the rust out. And I yeah. uh, finally got the threads cleaned up real good and got the galvanized pipe and doped it up and went to screw it in. And it would only go so far. When I backed it out, cleaned it back up again and took a look, it's cross-threaded because huh. that brass is softer. Right. And what I wanted to find out, is there any kind of a, of a thread repair tool that I could get? I'm fairly adept with construction stuff. My dad was a general contractor, and he didn't like giving kids money, but he'd let you earn all you wanted to. So as a consequence, <laughs> I got a little bit of working knowledge. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if you were a plumber, you would probably have a tap that was big enough to clean that up. But that's a pretty expensive piece of equipment. Now, you're trying to connect a piece of galvanized to a piece of brass, and you can't thread them together. So the other option that comes to mind is a Fernco, which is like a rubber boot with two radiator clamps on either side. And a lot of times when you're using when you're trying to attach dissimilar drain pipes like that, you can use a fernco. You get them together as best you can, use a fernco around the outside and strap them up and that keeps it nice and tight and it's really easy to do. Uh, is that a readily available and how permanent is that? It's very permanent. Um, I would go not to a home center for that, but I would go to a plumbing supply center. And explain the situation and make sure you measure the pipes because they come different sizes based on what you're trying to connect. I do appreciate the advice, sir. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still ahead, are you looking forward to a cozy fire, but you're not quite sure if your fireplace is safe? Well, we've got advice to help make sure that you can enjoy the warm glow of a fire without the risk of it spreading outside of your fireplace after this. 888 Money Pit. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Money Pit is presented by Quick Crate Concrete and Cement Products. Quick Crate, what America's made of. Like us on Facebook and visit online at www.quickcrate.com for product information and easy step-by-step project videos. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, now that the crowd has moved on from the holiday glee that was at your house, Would you like to get that house both clean and green once again? Then try out Shackley's Get Clean Kit. You can find it at greenmymoneypit.com. It's chock full of everything you'll need to get your house clean without exposing your family to harmful chemicals. Most importantly, the concentrated Shackley products work really, really well. In fact, Shackley backs up their products with a 100% empty bottle guarantee, which I think is incredible because if for any reason you're not completely satisfied, even if you've used every last drop of the product, they'll give you your money back. Check it out at greenmymoneypit.com. 
com. Yeah, and if you try the Get Clean kit today, we're going to send you a copy of the Money Pit Guide to Green Remodeling absolutely free. So start shopping today at GreenMyMoneyPit.com. And, of course, post your questions, just like Pamela in Tennessee did, who writes, I live in a house that has a fireplace insert. One of the panels are cracked. I figure it's concrete. I tried to find the maker of the fireplace, but no luck. I would love to burn a fire, but I'm too afraid that I'll burn the house down. Any suggestions on how to fix the cracked panel without going broke? Well, cracks in these prefabricated fireplace panels are not unusual. And as long as it's just a hairline crack that may have occurred from expansion and contraction, I wouldn't be too overly concerned about it. I think those are fairly normal. If you want to make sure your bases are covered, though, you should have the fireplace inspected by a licensed and certified chimney sweep. But you want to choose that chimney sweep very, very carefully. Uh, because many of the chimney sweeps that are out there are not qualified and they exist solely to find extensive repairs that are not necessary. So if they try to tell you that you need a very expensive repair, always get a second opinion uh, before you actually go ahead and contract to have that work done. All right. Next up, we have a post from Jose who writes, a geothermal heating system is being offered by the builder of a new home I'm thinking of buying. How do geothermal heating systems work and are they really efficient? You know, geothermal heating systems can be very efficient and very effective way to heat your home because they use the natural warmth of the earth for power and comfort. The constant temperature of the top 10 feet of the earth's surface is really a perfect zone for the refrigerant-filled piping that powers a geothermal heat pump. And Tom, it doesn't matter where you are in the country, right? There's some sort of geothermal solution for every area, right? That is absolutely correct. There is a geothermal solution no matter where you live. And it's similar in technology to an air source heat pump, you know, the kind that sits above ground, looks kind of like an air conditioner. But a geothermal heat pump can both heat and cool a home, and it can also even provide hot water. And it does it all very cleanly, very quietly, and actually more efficiently. If you choose an Energy Star qualified model, you'll be using about 30% less energy than you would if you used an air source pump. You'd also potentially qualify for attractive tax credits. So I would definitely consider geothermal for that new home. Now, Tom, it's interesting because there are so many benefits to geothermal heating. If you have an existing home, you know, not like this situation, can you still do it? Well, you certainly can, but it does require some specialized installation and planning because the coil has to be installed below grade. So there could be disturbance of your lot. And, you know, if you have a tight lot, a small lot, it becomes more complicated. If you have a lot of driveway surface, concrete surfaces, a pool, you have to work around all of that. So it may or may not be as cost effective given the installation charge, but I would definitely look into it. All right. Good to know. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online, always at moneypit.com. We are standing by for your questions, even when we're not doing the program. You can call us 24-7. Our screeners will take your question and we'll call you back the next time we get on the air. That's all we have for today. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.